What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John Harris alongside Mark Vandermeer. Mark, good evening. How are you, sir? Good evening, Johnny. Good evening. Yeah, it's a big weekend because... Oh, wait, yeah. why is it a big weekend again? Because we're getting ready for the combine. That's, right. That's why it's a big weekend. And every weekend's a big weekend. It, I'm still adjusting to no NFL football. I know we have this other stuff, oh, yeah. but please. You know, it's kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you you're used to ice cream and you get to have I don't know what's the what's the analogy here I'm looking for frozen oat milk. Yeah, thank you. That's slightly sweetened. Yeah, I think that's what my daughter, I think that's what she eats because she's now full on vegan, which I'm still dealing with. I'd rather just fully embrace college basketball right now than and I'll check out the other pro football leagues. Of course, I will because I do that. But College basketball is the top of the line in that amateur basketball game. Yep. Is it amateur anymore? Yeah, I guess. I, I yeah, probably isn't. Maybe Whatever. So. <laughs> Close enough. All right. We're going to learn a little bit about Anthony Richardson a little later in this show. He is gaining a lot of steam. DP City did an interview on the Florida Gator quarterback is, I don't want to use the word polarizing. I think Will Levis is more polarizing. I did a scouting report for Anthony Richardson on my site and I walked out of there going, wow. I mean, holy smoke. Some of the quarterback tools he has. Unbelievable. Oh, but man, the bad is bad. So we'll learn a little bit more about Anthony Richardson as we go. And we're going to get to our three-round mock in just a bit. But the Texans announced their coaching staff today. Mark, there's really not much to discuss here that we didn't already know. Other than one guy I'm very excited about, Bill Lazor, senior offensive assistant. Why am I excited? I played against him in college. He was Cornell's quarterback. I played defensive back at Brown. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. But who will these guys end up coaching? Well, let's find out right now as we do our three-round mock. You ready, Mark? Yeah. And so Texans have picked 2, 12, 34, 33, 34, 65, 73. Those are the five picks. Those, is that five? Those are the five picks the yep. Texans have as of now. And with Nick Casario's general manager, we have to preface everything as of now. Even in draft weekend, we have to say as of now because things can change very, very quickly. As we found out last year, pick 13 turned into pick 15 and some change, um, some extra lanyap, as Mark likes to say, mm -hmm. later in a draft. So those are the picks we know of right now. Two, 12, 33, 65, 73. So here's how we're going to go about this. I'm going to give Mark the opportunity to say, all right, this is what I think the position or where the lean is at this particular spot. And I'm going to fill in the gap. If you want to give him players, I can shoot uh, them. I can give them the thumbs up or I can say, ah, oh, not at all. I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm ready with players, Johnny. Okay. I think the question we have to ask ourselves first is, who do the Chicago Bears take at number one? Yeah, or what I need do to know, the Chicago Bears do? I need to know who's off the board here. And I really hope the player that I want is not off the board, but we'll see. I think the – now, this brought up Anthony Richardson. I thought I, I heard Landry say this the other day, and, and I had seen CBS Sports with a mock draft having the Colts trading to one and then drafting Richardson. And then all of a sudden, out in Vegas, Richardson's odds of being the number one pick went from 100-1 to one to 7-1. to one. There's no way he's the number one pick in this draft. Okay, now, I'm hold saying on. this right here. Hold on, hold February on. 24th, it's not happening. February 24th of 2022, would you have said that about Trayvon Walker? You know, Trayvon, 
And, you know, I, I'm the first to tell you, quarterback stock can soar ridiculously high. And you know what my phrase is going to be when it comes to the draft? Never say never. And you get the hot romance picks, too. Right. Not exactly. that he's won necessarily, it, but you get that all the it time. It doesn't look likely. It doesn't look likely that he would go number one. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say the Bears end up trading a pick, and I do think it ends up being Bryce Young at number one. Okay, let's say so it's let's Bryce Let's just Young. go it's Bryce Young at number one okay. just to kind of deflate everybody's bubble at that point. Bryce Young goes at number one, and it doesn't go to the Texans. Texans do not move up. Texans stay at number two. Thoughts about number two? Thoughts about number two? I'm taking Jalen Carter right there. Whoa, whoa, time out. Hold up. Yeah. You just did what? I just took Jalen Carter right there. You just at number took Jalen Carter at number two? I just did. Okay. You have some explaining to do, sir. Right. They took Bryce Young, mm -hmm. and I don't have Bryce Young available to take. Okay. So I'm going to take Jalen Carter right here. I'm going to wait on the quarterback. You'll see what I do. I still have a lot oh. of picks to work with here, Johnny. Okay. You'll see what I put together. I'm not. Listen, the only reason that there is any shock or in my voice is there's been so much talk about quarterback. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I will absolutely love Jalen Carter all day, every day. Love him. In fact, number one in the Harris 100 is Jalen mm. Carter. Yes, Will Anderson down to number two. Bryce Carter at three. CJ Stroud at four. Okay. Who's your pick? Bryce Young is gone. Who's your pick at number two? And I get you could do like seven mock drafts. We don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if that were the case, I would go with CJ Stroud. Okay, CJ Stroud, number two. So you have a rookie quarterback. I take a... I take a I take a, a future Joe Burrow. Now, okay. I think Burrow's got one thing, and it's funny because I heard I heard Sean and Seth talking about this today. I think they kind of brought up, or some, there was an interview or something that brought up that C.J. Stroud had been likened to Joe Burrow. I'm like, man, I've been comparing him to Burrow since the spring. Like, when I put out my first Harris 100, that's exactly who I compared him to was yeah. Joe Burrow. There's the Ohio State connection, but more it was more the ball placement. And then it was Burrow's desire to move out of the pocket then throw as opposed to get out of the pocket and run cj's the same way he'll move around and get out of danger in the pocket but he's looking to throw he'll run if he has to but he wants to he wants to throw once he gets out of the pocket or off platform and so i came up with this joe burrow comparison i do think the difference with burrow and stroud is more i think stroud's very confident but i get the thought that joe burrow even though it doesn't come across quite this way, mm -hmm. that Joe Burrow walks in the room and says, we're going to win because I'm Joe Burrow and I'm your leader, I'm your quarterback. I, I don't know if I quite get that with C.J. Stroud. I feel like Burrow has that. And it definitely showed its way and showed itself at LSU. And so that's where I think there's a difference in the two. But that said, I want a quarterback that can sling it. With that accuracy and that ball placement, I'll take C.J. Stroud all day, every day. Let's go to 12. Okay. Let's go to 12. I got a feeling... This might be what you're thinking. Let's go with it. Go. 12. All right. I might have to move up to do it, okay. but right here, yep. I'm going to take Anthony Richardson. Okay. I'm taking Richardson at 12 after taking Jalen Carter at two, and everybody's going to get very excited about this because mm -hmm. during free agency, I picked up a quarterback or two to bridge the gap between Richardson being ready okay. and whatever I start out with. I might start with Richardson. I don't know how quickly he's going to progress. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking him unless I feel like he can progress. And the word is not quickly, but thoroughly. Really right. soak into the job. Have that work ethic to improve. Mm -hmm. Because you look at some of the raw skills he has, it's very entertaining and very intriguing. Okay, so 
here are a couple thoughts on, on Anthony Richardson. And you'll see that if you see my scouting report on Anthony Richardson. The tools. And you've heard me say this about next year. Next year. Next year's crop of quarterbacks. Yeah. No matter what next year would be beyond Anthony Richardson, his tools and traits will either be better than everybody or right near the top of everybody. So everybody knows Caleb Williams from USC is in next year's group. Guess what? Anthony Richardson's, Anthony Richardson's got tools on that level. Everybody thinks Caleb Williams is a what's-in-a-generation quarterback. Anthony Richardson's tools are on par with his. What separates Anthony Richardson kind of from, from all these other quarterbacks is that. No matter what next year would be. So your point about, you know, could you get him to sit for a while? Maybe even for a full year. If you do that, you've got a wildly talented quarterback. Wildly talented. I don't mind your thought process at all. Only thing I will say, because of those tools, I don't think he gets to 12. You think you'll have to move I, up to take I him. think you're going to have to move up. And I think what's going to end up happening with this quarterback, and it all it's all tied in together, this quarterback carousel. You know what happens with Carr? Where does Carr go? How many I mean, Carr can only fill one spot? But if he fills this spot, Jimmy, then Jimmy. What happens with Aaron Rodgers? You know, if Aaron Rodgers decides he wants to stay in Green Bay, does Green Bay move Jordan Love? Either way, you're gonna you, you got a feeling you're gonna know the quarterbacks are gonna fill spots, but there are plenty of spots that aren't open and available. You know what happens in Carolina? Carolina drafts at number nine. Uh, New Orleans doesn't have. I'm trying to remember if New Orleans pick what pick New Orleans has. I don't think they pick in the top nine. Um, but New Orleans is going to need a quarterback if they don't get Derek Carr, they don't get Aaron Rodgers, or whatever else. They've got to find a quarterback. So there's going to be enough quarterbacks and teams that need quarterback. The Raiders, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, they've got to get a rookie. Um, you know what happens in, in Arizona? I mean, the the Kyler Murray thing is it's dicey. I don't think they go with the quarterback, but you never know. Colts need one. Seahawks could go with Geno, but Geno's a free agent, so do they continue? With, so there are just a lot of questions. So you, I don't think you're going to get Richardson at 12. You think all four are gone, the four top guys are gone before you get to 12? I had no four Levis. I had four in the top nine. Dang. Wow. So you might have to be one of the teams moving up. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. When you look at this draft, Johnny, you mentioned New Orleans. Well, Philly's got their pick, number 10 overall, mm -hmm. right? You look at the Rams – they're sending their pick to Detroit. Right. And you mentioned them. Do they really need a quarterback? Do they eh, need one? They're not going to take one right there. No, they're too close. But if there's a team that could take Richardson, mm -hmm. that's the type of, that's the exact type of team that could take I him. don't think they do, though. They don't have the luxury either, of doing that. They need to fortify. They had a really good season. They need to, I don't want to say win now. They have to win now. I'm just going to say it. They feel like. Look, we can't take a step back and now wait for the next quarterback. We have to capitalize on the moment here. And the moment is Jared Goff is playing at a high enough level to get us into the postseason and maybe advance. They've got to jump all over that considering their history, considering they only had four winning seasons in the entire tenure of Matthew Stafford. And Goff in his second year there takes them almost to the playoffs and they have a winning season. But they draft again at 18. Uh, yeah, you, but I you think know what's they need both you know you know who had picks six, six and eighteen in twenty eighteen, or twenty nineteen? Excuse me, the Giants. What they do? Daniel Jones at six. They went early. They took the quarterback at six, and they still had Eli Manning at the time, if I remember correctly. Right, and they could have and taken they Jones took at eighteen. Dexter Lawrence at eighteen. Mm, that was a good pick. <laughs> that was a yeah, good pick. That was that was that draft. But they got the Ooh. quarterback first. So I think Detroit. Detroit could be. They, I, I imagine Detroit's going to listen to trade offers too, 
because they mm. could they could build up the coffers. They had to trade. They had to trade a bit to get back in the first round last year to get uh, Jameson Williams. Detroit's okay. sitting in a really interesting position because you're right. If they draft a guy like Tyree Wilson six, or you know maybe a Will Anderson falls in their lap at six. I mean you got to take him. You have to. Yeah, take you got to take him, and then you can you can play the we'll get our future quarterback in 2024 because there'll be plenty of them at that point. You can't take a player you're not going to use right away. When you're in right that there. position. When, when you're, you're in that position. Exactly. Kansas City, with Mahomes at 10, they moved up to get him mm-hmm. and didn't even play him the first right. year because they had a good team, they had a playoff team, yep. and they had a good quarterback already, and they said, you know what, we can wait however long it takes, but they clearly saw behind the scenes, you know, this guy's going to be totally ready and he's better than we thought. I think you're – I love your approach, though. I really do. I love the Jalen Carter-Anthony Richardson. Can, I, can I give you my incredible. pick if – I happen to take a quarterback at two. Okay, go that and I'm way. I'm sitting there at 12, and obviously Tyree Wilson's gone. Miles Murphy. Yeah, okay. Because I want I want somebody on the edge. Now I got, well, I don't have Jalen Carter anymore because I took a quarterback at right. two. But I'm hoping I'm, I'm going to be able to go Carter Richardson in this particular mock draft. I reserve the right the to change way, my mind go, later. Who would you take it to? Oh, as your quarterback, if you're doing that. Would I try to I drop I agree with down. you about Miles Murphy. He's seven on the Harris 100. I mean, I, my, I think Miles is a big-time player. He's 275 pounds. Can move inside if you need him to to rush. I think he's very, very interesting. I'm going so, like to say this. Between Richardson, Levis, and Stroud, I feel like when we look at all those guys, yeah, Stroud might be more ready. Richardson's not. Levis is an unfinished product, but he's got a lot of raw skills. I think you throw him in a bowl, mix them up, pick one out, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but it's really hard to predict who's going to have the best career right now. No, and everybody's I, got an opinion. Yeah, yeah. But you could easily say that Richardson at two, if you're the right team, mm-hmm. might be the right pick. Yeah. Are the but Texans, Stroud, Stroud is an are easier the Texans pick. Texans the right pick at number twelve or number uh, two for Richardson? That's an that's an interesting dilemma. It all depends what they did in free agency. Yeah, that's true. At quarterback. I, yeah, I, I I agree. I'll tell you this though. Here, here's what's going to happen. I can pro- I can promise you. Even if you go out and get a quarterback in free agency, and uh, don't care who it is, we'll say it's Jimmy G. Just go with it. Say it's Jimmy G. That's the one that's rumored. Uh, who knows? Uh, we're just playing a game here. If you went out and got Jimmy G, and then you drafted Anthony Richardson, wherever you draft him by preseason game number three, because you know Richardson's going to get quarters two, three, yeah. four, whatever. Yeah. By preseason game number three, the fans will be clamoring. When do we get to see Richardson? When does he start over Garoppolo? Yep. I promise you, it would start week one. Yeah, because it he would, has... it, that, that talk would start preseason game three, would go through the bye before week one and on into week one. And the very first time that Jimmy had an off game or whoever the veteran is mm-hmm. has an off game, we want Richardson. We want Richardson. It was weird because and our you best... can't rush. You can't rush it with him. What's you our, can't rush it. What's our only other experience here? Really, Watson mm-hmm. in recent yeah. years. You know, Mills was a different story. They drafted him third round. He came into preseason games. He looked okay, but mm-hmm. what, what are you really getting here? You know, and look, third round pick, what are the expectations? With Watson, the expectations were really high, and he was a third-team quarterback when he started. We all yeah, saw it. He came off so. the bench against Carolina preseason opener, and there was electricity in the air. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he played unbelievably great in that game. But he made some plays. Yeah. If Richardson does that, to your point, in a preseason context, oh, it'll people are going to be off. clamoring. It I don't care who's starting at the time. Off. No yeah. doubt. Okay. So we got 2-12. and 12. I like our options, actually. I like the way you're thinking on this. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the top of the second round. Second pick in the second round, whether you want to call it 33 or 34. I call it 34, but you call it whatever you want. Your thoughts. 
at 34. Second pick of the second round. What do you want to do? You've gone, you've gone defensive tackle, quarterback, mm-hmm. or quarterback. Well, some defensive end. However, you want to do that. What do we always say? Needs fortification. The interior of the offensive line. And I'm going to take Osiris Torrance from Florida. Ooh, you're going that direction. Yeah, I'm going that direction because. And you tell me, is he's a guard? But is oh, he yeah. going to be a tackle? No guard. He's, he's a, definitely no, no, a guard. No, 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 no. He's a guard. He's a guard. There's no question about okay. him. He is a guard. He is a house. I'll be honest, Mark. When I when I was studying him in the summer, he was coming over from Louisiana going to Florida, and I thought, man, he's really, like, he's dominating these dudes in the Sun Belt or whatever, that's USA, whatever uh, Louisiana's in right now. It's changed over the years. But either way, like, I'm going to keep an eye on this guy. I kind of like him. I heard some things kind of in the scouting world, like, uh eh. Kind of like not not sure. Let's see how he does against at, at Florida. First couple times I watched him at Florida, I'm like, there's been a lot of love about this guy. I'm not. I don't know, man. I'm not all the way there on this. And then he went against Jalen Carter. Mm. And he was the one guy against Jalen Carter that actually held up against him. I mean, he made mincemeat of Tennessee's interior guys. Like Jerome Carvin's still trying to block him, and he he could have brought help from everywhere. It wasn't going to happen. That's really the game that, for me, kind of turned it for Osiris. Then I saw him at the Senior Bowl, and I thought, you know, he looks, I don't know, I, maybe I look at offensive linemen differently, but I'm like, boy, there are times where it's just he's overextended, he just gets yanked down, it shouldn't happen, and there are times where he is a rock. Blitzing linebackers or even just 315-pounders just hit him, and he just, whew, I mean, he just stones them. I'm trying to figure out his exact comp. And I've I've tossed around a few. Larry Warford, who was from Kentucky, played with the Lions and the Saints. He's one guy I've thought about. But he's 342 pounds, Mark. I mean, he's an enormous, enormous. It's a big guard, 6'5". Yeah. When he was at the at the Senior Bowl, he measured in at 6'4 and 7'8". So basically 6'5", okay. 337 with 34-inch arms. He's not going to tackle. That is not – he is he's a guard. Oh, you know who I comped him to? Ironically, they were teammates in Louisiana. I didn't think about it until after I wrote this. Uh, Dolphins guard, Robert Hunt. Okay. Robert Hunt is the guy that I would, I would comp him to. They're, they're pretty similar. I think Hunt's a little bit better athlete, but I think Torrance is, is a, he's a mauler. So, yeah, I, I, I would go with that. I know there are some people screaming right now going, you haven't drafted a wide receiver. Oh, my gosh. Calm down. We got another few picks here. Are you going to take a wide checked. receiver? Are you going to soothe everybody's nerves at this point? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll get to the third round. Okay. All right. All right. Third All round right. is coming up a little okay, bit later. Okay. Well, let, let's let's go with that. If you did go the wide receiver, I think it's really interesting there, Mark, because you could have any number of options. And again, with that second pick in the second round, here's one. Here's another one of your options too, and that is to trade back into the first round. If you see a receiver that you like, or you see T- Torrance and you really like him and you feel like, man, we're not going to get him at this spot, especially because the Bears are in front of us in the second round. No, no, that's the Steelers. Steelers, Chase Claypool trade. Is somebody going to snatch him before there? Hey, we can move up five spots. All we got to give up is this to make sure we get him. We get him in the first round and we got a great Thursday night. I could see that happening too. But I think the receiver get. I think receiver gets really, really interesting with all the different options. I do think that, that receivers, I think you're going to run well at the combine. I think that's going to give them a little bit more juice. But I think in the end, I think receivers, I don't want to say fall in this draft, but I do think there's not going to be that run. So they're going to be spread out. So I think you're going to get, I think a, a receiver is going to get pushed down at the top of the second round like 
uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba potentially, Jalen Hyatt event uh, potentially. Um, you could have a couple of those those type players that fall down to you at that spot. That oh boy, man, do I want Will Fuller 2.0 who stayed healthy and Jalen Hyatt? Boy, that would be kind of nice too. But I like the fact that you thought trenches, so very nice. Okay, let's go to pick 65. All right, pick 65, Johnny. You mentioned receivers falling. Here's a receiver who's going to fall, and I'm going to snatch him up, and it's Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. Oh. I'm hoping he falls. That's like right where I have him in the Harris 100. I think 61 or 62. That's right. right there. So his comp I read, and you mm-hmm. tell me if you agree, Tyler Lockett. Once upon a time, Tyler Lockett was a draftable player for the Texans, and they did mm-hmm. not take him. Either yep. that or he was grabbed right before they were going to pick or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but I, I lamented that because I had him in a Vandermark coming to the mm-hmm. Houston Texans, yep. and I followed his career with great interest. It wasn't like Tyler Lockett was a first-round draft choice, and either is Tyler Scott in this case. But Tyler Scott, 5'11", 185, can help the Houston Texans. But to make things interesting right now, I'll give you two other names, and you tell me if you would pick – the player I just mentioned over Zay Flowers. Oh, okay. Okay, because Zay Flowers not a big guy, or Jaden Reed from Michigan State. Flowers from Boston College. Okay, here's the thing with all three of them. Fast, quick. Tyler Scott might be the fastest guy in this entire draft class, not named Devin A. Chain. Devin A. Chain from Texas A&M ran 10.04 and 100 back when he was in high school. I think he may even ran it at, um, at Texas A&M uh, for the track team. I don't know if anybody's going to be faster than Devin A-Chain. Somebody that could be is Tyler Scott. He's going to legit run the four threes. He can absolutely Ooh. smoke. He can fly. To me, more of a comparison to Will Fuller, size-wise, usage-wise. He was over 20 yards a catch at Cincinnati throughout his career. He is a true, true deep threat. He's not a slot guy. Tyler Lockett, to me, came out of Kansas State as more a slot guy. I think he's evolved out of that. But I don't. I don't think that comp is on at all, okay. I, at all. Um, I think he's more Will Fuller, but would you take Will Fuller? Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so here's my, here's my comp, and I – listen to me closely, people. Mm-hmm. Here's my comp to Zay Flowers. On the field, Antonio Brown. Wow. On the field. That's your comp for on Zay Flowers? the field is Antonio uh, – Mark. He's not a big guy. Mark, watch him. Okay. And tell me that he doesn't look like Antonio Brown. He is Antonio Brown to a T. South Florida kid, confident. His shake, his moves, I mean, he is electric. So you're more excited about him than Tyler Scott. Yeah, we're not getting Zay Flowers at 65. No way. No way. What about no the uh, here's kid from the, Michigan State, Jaden Reed? Oh, now he's got, he's got legit juice. At the Senior Bowl, couldn't cover him. I mean, mm. he, he was like a, he was like a, a pitcher who could change speeds on you so fast. Like, you'd see a 65-mile-an-hour changeup, and the next thing you'd see 93 with movement two-seamer. And you're like, what? And he'd do that all in the same route. He shook everybody. I would I would love Jaden Reed at 65. He can also I'd return punts. Love him. Yes, absolutely. Here's the other guy that you didn't consider that mm-hmm. I would at 65. And I, I know when he goes to the combine, there's going to be – some sense of the internet blew, blew up sort of thing. Tank Dell, University of Houston. Oh, I love this. I love this pick. No, is he going right there? You think? I think that's about where he goes. Okay. I've got him in the f- like mid to mid to high fifty, mid mid to low fifties on the Harris one hundred. Only because he's five eight one sixty five. But you talk about holy smokes, fast. 
That guy's on a different level. Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed, and and Tank Dell at the Senior Bowl couldn't cover him. Nobody could cover him. I mean, guys were literally guessing which direction they'd go to be able to cover them. So you could give me you could give me any of those guys. If Zay Flowers is there at sixty five, I'll go run up to Nick's office and call New York for him and tell them to draft Zay Flowers. No way he's getting there. No way. I, in fact, have Zay Flowers on my mock going 14 to the Patriots. Reason why? I, well, I think there's more there. Patriots had a chance to work with him out of the East-West Shrine game. And that's the other thing. Zay Flowers could have left Boston College. He had a big NIL deal. Schools were offering a bunch of NIL deals. He said, nope, Boston College took a chance on me. I'm staying. Same thing happened to East-West. East-West offered him first. He accepted. Senior Bowl came in later. And he's like, nope, they offered me first. I'm sticking with it. I like this guy. Yeah, I love him. Unfortunately, he's not going to be there at 65. But who's there at 73? We'll discuss that next right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back to this Friday edition of Texans All Access. I'm John. That's Mark. And it's time to dive into number 73 in the draft. We're doing a three-round mock. And we've already gotten names that we're considering, Mark, well, pretty electric selection at 2 and 12 earlier. What say you now about number 73, Mr. Vandermeer? Is Antonio Johnson going to be there? No. Oh, darn it. Safety from Texas A&M. It would be nice if he were there. And he is a safety. Like, he played a lot of nickel at A&M, but he's a safety. All right. He's and definitely a safety. Listen, I really, I really got a fever for more cowbell and more Deuce Vaughn, like I said earlier <laughs> in the week. It's yeah. too early to pull the Deuce Vaughn trigger. Yeah. I just know, this is my gut feeling, mm-hmm. that whoever takes them, takes him, whenever they take him, he's going to turn out to be a phenomenal pick, and you're going to say mm-hmm. he should have been a second rounder. That's just my feeling on him. Yeah. I'm not saying to take him in the second round because that's the draft. you got to take the player where you think you can get him and what the value mm-hmm. is. Now, you can reach up a little bit, sure. I believe, because you want to get your guy if you have that kind of conviction about it. Right. But it doesn't always work out. Uh, what about this Jair Brown safety oh. from Penn State? Okay. Can I get him? Okay, yeah, I think 73 is a good spot for him. He is just outside the 100. Like he's, He, I think, is at 103, 104 for me because, obviously, I don't go to just 100. But I think he would be a very interesting fit in this defense. Very interesting, especially if you're keeping Jalen Petrie at free safety. Um, because if you look at the 49ers, they drafted a guy named Talanoa Hafanga, who I loved coming out of USC. Mm-hmm. Brown reminds me a little bit of him. He's more of a box guy, but can make some plays in the deep secondary if you need him to. Jair, Jair Brown, I keep wanting to call him Jair Alexander because that's Packers. Jair Brown would be a very interesting safety. I'll can, give you another one if you're thinking safety. Wait, can I go GM and you're the coach? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, hey, coach, I'm going to give you two players, okay? Okay. And the other player would be Tajay Spears. So you get to choose. Oh, don't do this to me. Safety or running don't back. Do this Is to it me. too early for a team like the don't Texans? Do this to me. Who have other needs? Oh. They have other needs. They have a lot of stuff they want to fortify here. But you have Tajay Spears in the crosshairs, and you know he's going to be good. Does he even last? I don't know. To the mid third round. I remember. You're you're getting at one of my top three on the crush list, man. I mean, oh, yeah. he, you talk about electric. At the Senior Bowl, he <laughs> so they would do this thing at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Luke Getzey was the coach of the Bears, and and Deuce Daly did this when he was coaching the Lions the year before. They would go through activation, and after activation, they would do a one-on-one competition, kind of get everybody fired up, right? So they had 
Tajay Spears against, I think it was Servassier Dennis from Pitt. And it was a one-on-one pass coverage, pass for the offense, coverage for the defense. Tajay Spears runs what looks like a flat route. And the linebacker sees it. Like, Dennis sees it perfectly. He runs right to the spot. Spears stops on a dime, cuts back inside, wide open, catch, and off you go. And at the senior bowl, it gets to a point where it's very, it's kind of quiet, kind of quiet. Spears made that move, and this, ooh, reverberated throughout the entire stadium. It was Mm. phenomenal. I would very much take Tajay Spears right there. After what he did to USC. I mean, Mark, down a stretch against uh, against Cincinnati. I mean, it it was phenomenal what this guy did because he had there were key games down the stretch. Tulane lost to UCF in a big big game, and after that, basically Tulane had to win out. That's essentially what they had to do. So over the last four games of the year, they had to beat Cincinnati to get into the AAC championship game. He carried it thirty five times for one hundred eighty one yards, two touchdowns. Then they had to beat UCF in the AAC game to get to a New Year's Day 6 game. He had 22 carries for 199 yards and a touchdown. <sighs> then against USC yes. in the most important game in Tulane history in the Cotton Bowl, 17 carries for 205 yards and four touchdowns. I wrote this in his, in his scouting report. Everyone in the building in those three games knew exactly who was getting the ball, and he still beat all of them. All of them. I'll take Spears. He's going higher Spears than the with third Pierce? round. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm worried about that. Now, what what can always worry you about a draft pick? Off the field concerns, not a concern with him. Injuries is the other. Those are the two. He's had two season-ending injuries during his career. He's had ACL. I want to say he maybe had ACL twice. So you do worry about that. He and got that him out be, of the way, Johnny. I know. You hope that's the thing. But I'm telling you, you put Spears, you construct an offense where you've drafted Anthony Richardson with Damian Pierce and Tajay Spears, and you're throwing the ball to a Tank Dell or a Jaden Reed or a Tyler Scott with that juice, you're you're gonna you're turning offense into a whole different ball game at that point. That is gonna be fantastic. Quick note for the listeners on how Mechie fits into this or an offense. It's gonna be interesting how they use him, and and I'm not totally sure how how he'll be used. There's a part of me that thinks they might try and use him kind of like they did with Debo. You know, use him in a backfield. Take, put him in the backfield, maybe, I don't know, maybe hand it to him. If you don't find a guy that you want to, even with Elijah Mitchell, all those guys that in the roster, they still find a way to get the ball to Debo Samuel. But I think Matthew will work out of the slot. I think some of the things they do with Brandon Ayuk, even though Ayuk's a little bit bigger, um, those are some of the things I think you can do. I think Ayuk's probably a little more sudden than Mechie is. But Mechie's so smart. He'll find open areas in zone. I think he'll be able to beat man coverage. I think you could use Mechie in a lot of different ways in this offense. But I don't want to get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm relying on John because he hasn't gotten cleared from the doctors yet. Right. He hasn't played a game since December 2021 because he had to deal with the ACL. So you got that on top of he hasn't been cleared. If he is cleared, if he is ready to go, I think OTAs become huge for him. Absolutely massive that he can have weeks of dealing with the coaches before a rookie gets here. Mm -hmm. And he can start learning the offense and learning all that and just having a leg up in that competition, so to speak. So I'm not... I'm not writing him off by any means. I just know that you to- you can't totally rely on it. It's like back in 2010. We had an inkling Arian was going to be pretty good. But what's the worst case if you draft Ben Tate and now you got a one-two combination? Yeah. You know what happens if you go get a Jaden Reed or you get a Tank Dell and Mechie's good? Now you got both of them. I mean, 
That would be pretty interesting to me from that standpoint. It's like having a draft pick. That's what Nick Casario has in Mechie coming back. That's exactly what he has. All right, let's learn a little bit more about your guy, Anthony Richardson. D.B. Sidhu sat down to learn more about the Florida quarterback. Where does he fall in this draft? What are his good things? What are the bad things? We'll cover them all right here in Texans All Access. We're going to send you into the weekend talking a little Anthony Richardson. D.B. Sidhu caught up with Zach Goodall from Fan Nation from Sports Illustrated covering the Florida Gators. And he obviously has covered A-Rich for the last three years. And he joins us now right here. Zach and Deepy. Let's go. It's the Deep Slant 101 presented by Xfinity. And my guest this week as we continue our 2023 draft prospect series, Zach Goodall. He covers the Florida Gators for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Zach, welcome in. So glad to have you. Thank you for having me, DP. Uh, I'm excited to join you here and talk about the obvious Florida draft prospect, but honestly, as much Florida football as I can help with. We're going to talk about some Anthony Richardson, but first of all, I did not interview you last year, and the Texans end up taking Damian Pierce with a fourth-round pick. And I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think here in Houston and among Texans fans, and even for those of us in the building, we didn't really know what to expect with a fourth round pick. And he certainly surpassed all of our expectations. Pro Bowl alternate was probably on his way to breaking a lot of rookie records, maybe even offensive rookie of the year. Of course, then he had the ankle injury that sort of sidelined him. But what have you thought about his career? Were you surprised by what you saw in Damian Pierce's rookie campaign? Honestly, not whatsoever. I, I think he was pretty criminally underutilized while he was at Florida, truth be told. He really didn't average more than 10 carries per game in fact he didn't at all during his final season until former head coach Dan Mullen was let go and they immediately realized hey this guy is breaking like three tackles every time he runs the ball maybe we should get him the ball a little bit more and all of that being said you know he didn't really have too much tread on his tires when he was coming into the league and we've seen running backs come you know anywhere from second to third to fifth to seventh to undrafted at this point we see running backs breaking through from any round they come from and his lack of mileage at that point paired with his skill set you know he's a good athlete obviously extremely physical rusher I just thought the sky was the limit for him and, and when he made it to Houston too it just seemed like such a great fit that I truly wasn't too surprised but still to see him get stuff like the angry run of the year that's just that's really awesome yeah I mean so much fun to watch another really intriguing draft prospect obviously quarterback Anthony Richardson. And, you know, he's just so interesting because I feel like there's not a lot known about him. He doesn't really have a lot of games under his belt and the ceiling is so high. So with that being said, how important is this NFL combine, the interview process, pro day, the entire offseason going to be for Anthony Richardson really solidifying his draft stock? That's the thing. You're right. There's just not that much out there about him, but the combine, Pro day uh, and ultimately teams getting him in meetings is going to unlock quite a bit more. He's a player that going back to his high school career has dealt with plenty of injuries. Some of them that really weren't attended to the way that maybe they should have been, uh, especially in his knee. We saw this past year, he ended up needing to have a full surgery on his meniscus because it never healed properly from his time in high school. And yet, even with that in mind, and while he dealt with a hamstring in 2021 in a backup role, he was clocked rushing 21 miles per hour on an 80-yard touchdown run. We've seen him throw the ball at the Manning Passing Academy, a good 70 to 80 yards with velocity like it's nothing. So when you think about the quarterbacks that are taking over the NFL right now, whether it's, and again, and I don't mean to compare him directly to these guys. Obviously, there's a lot of work ahead, but everyone's looking for that, that Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allen, uh, the Lamar Jackson, whether it's, you know, mobility, whether it's throwing power, whether it's just 
something special they can do that your average quarterback can't do that unlocks a defense. I believe that's what D'Amico Ryan's actually said at one point in an interview. That's what the league is looking for. And, and while Richardson has a lot of work to do, you know, he's got, I think, 12 career starts, maybe 13 career starts under his belt at this point. He's got a lot he can improve on. He brings that skill set to the table that you just don't come across often. That's where the intrigue is. So he declares for the NFL draft. I mean, what is there to be gained for him declaring this year as opposed to staying at Florida for another year? And, you know, if he does, he obviously is going to be in the NFL. Where does he need to immediately improve the most? Yeah, I think I think the injuries are a big part of it. You know, he's he's been clocked rushing a 4.4 40-yard dash before. That Lamar Jackson's 4.41. I think the fastest of all time was Mike Vick at like 4.35 or something like that. When Richardson runs that, which I firmly believe he's going to run something right around there, that that's going to solidify him as a top 10 pick, I, especially in a class where there's no real solidified one and two. These guys are the cream of the crop at quarterback. That's going to boost him up tremendously. And I think that you pair that with the understanding of his, you know, of his injury history of where Florida is as a program. They're not exactly winning the national championships they did in the 2000s at this point. He, he saw what was in front of him. It, it was too much to pass up at this point. And, and I don't necessarily blame him for doing that. Uh, but when it gets to, you know, getting to the league, I think I've, I've seen a lot of people discuss the idea that he might need to sit and learn kind of like how Mahomes did in Kansas city. I don't necessarily see that as the case. I, I think he's a quarterback. That's really not that seasoned, but he's got these physical skills that if something breaks down, he can still do miraculous things. The only way he's going to fix you know, whether it's making full field reads or or maybe putting a little less zip on a ball and throwing with more touch because it's misconstrued with his accuracy at times. But I think it's more about the the actual type of throw he's trying to make that can adjust that because he's got uncanny accuracy on deep throws and different ones we've seen before. But all of these things really, at the end of the day, can't be solved by sitting, by watching another quarterback play. I think he's going to have to get into a situation where he's got some talent around him that can elevate him a bit. And in return, he just gets to work. He gets to work with a good coach on the things that he needs to improve on. I mean, we've heard so much about his physical attributes and what he brings to the table. But in your time covering him, is there a particular game or moment or play that really stands out to you? There are those highlight plays, you know, there's that Utah spin, get out of a sack in, in the whole hoopla that amazes everyone. But he did something like that every game. I mean, against LSU, he broke off on another 80 yard touchdown run where he like crossed the field, broke a bunch of tackles, fastest player on the field as a 6'4", 235 pound quarterback. You just don't hear about that. LSU in 2021, he ended up stepping in um, from his backup role because the starter was struggling. Florida was down a couple scores and he turned it into a shootout. It was a 49 to 42, I believe game in the end LSU won, but he was the only reason why Florida contended in that game from the second half on there. There are a lot of moments like that. You pair them with the flaws. You know, there are games where his completion percentage was sub 50. And, and again, I think a lot of that can go, a lot can go into that. It's not necessarily all on Richardson, but at the end of the day, he's just got room to grow because of the lack of experience, because of the hamperment to his development along the way that no matter where he goes, he's just going to need to to get as many reps as possible to continue to grow. All right. I think we all remember, we've heard the story about Anthony Richardson spraining his knee while dancing in the hotel before a game. Sprained his knee, had to miss a few games. I know he's had the injury, the injury history with the knee, but 
you know, how much should teams worry about his maturity and, uh, or, you know, but did he do enough to really dispel that criticism last year? I mean, I think it's worthwhile, especially because of how young he is again and how inexperienced he is. And not to mention the the ever-growing platform for college athletes. You know, they are superstars now more than ever. Uh, and that's a lot of stress on a guy. He's 21. I mean, he's going to be 22, I believe, in May. So he's he's certainly been in the spotlight for quite some time. But that was a perfect example. You know, he he was doing cartwheels and backflips. And this was the knee that he had previously hurt before that was that was not treated right but regardless you know he knew the pain was there it was nagging him throughout the season and he took that risk and it came back to bite him and, and I think that that was a huge lesson for him I saw him personally mature just within you know the true spotlight starting quarterback role he was in but you know there, there's so much that I can't answer there either because I don't know him too well personally but I saw you know he wasn't he wasn't doing cartwheels anymore for sure after that injury <laughs> And he represented himself very well. He was very accountable on a microphone. He, from start to finish, I think he understood his role and how much it meant to the University of Florida, especially to be a quarterback wearing 15, you know, and all things considered, he conducted himself very well once he had that spotlight on him. Well, you know, I have two good knees and I saw his dance because he tweeted it out and I wouldn't, I would not even try it with two good knees. So uh, maybe that's a lesson to be learned for future, but all right, before I let you go, what about other prospects from Florida that Texans fans should be watching out for? Yeah, Florida's got 10 draft prospects this year, including Richardson, uh, a couple of guys that are expected to go in that first, second round range. Uh, offensive lineman Osiris Torrance, uh, a guard who graded out very well at the senior bowl. And left tackle Richard Garage also graded out well there, but didn't necessarily have as much hype as Torrance coming into the offseason. A couple of offensive linemen there that in general I think could really boost a team. Several defensive players uh, of varying experience uh, from Ventrell Miller and Amari Bernie to Trey Dean, Rashad Torrance, and Jervon Dexter. Uh, it's a pretty versatile group of Florida prospects this year that I'm honestly expecting to hear from start to finish throughout the draft. All right, good stuff. Zach Goodall, he covers Florida Gators. For Sports Illustrated, Span Nation. Zach, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. There it is. Big thanks to Zach Goodall, DP Sidhu, of course, Mark Vandermeer, and all of you for listening. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. And as always, go Texans.